Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I didn't know we were ziplining. Yeah, it's the fourth adventure today. One via Parada, two bridge, three repel, four zipline. Today is amazing. This is the best day ever. And then food. And beer. Welcome to the Budget-Minded Traveler podcast, your source for the everyday inspiration and practical tips that make international travel accessible to everyone. Hey guys, greetings from Montana. This is episode 72 of the Budget-Minded Traveler podcast. We have been in a series talking with North American expats who've left home behind to pursue life abroad, but... Today, I'm actually interrupting our normal programming to bring you kind of a fun episode, at least that's what I'm aiming for, um, about a recent trip that I took. And I know I don't normally do episodes on my actual travels, so if you like this and you want to hear more like this, please reach out and tell me, let me know, uh, and I'll do more episodes like this because I certainly have um, you know, several travel stories to tell if, if you like it. So I'm particularly inspired to do this episode because there's been an interesting theme in my travels lately, and that is one of facing my fears. And my two biggest phobias, well, really only I think phobias, are uh, heights and water. And uh, I've written a couple stories about swimming with sharks and getting flipped in a whitewater raft on travelingjackie.com in the last year. But only recently have I really been challenged with the heights issue. And I wanted to talk about it because it's been such an incredible tool in my personal growth, which I am apparently all about these days. Uh, Plus, it's kind of a fun story. So grab your coffee or a beer and settle in for some story time. Before we get started today, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor for this episode, the amazing adventure destination of Saguenay-Lac-Saint-Jean in Quebec, Canada, where I just was for 10 days. They have so much to offer from via ferratas to high ropes courses, zip lines, kayaking, and so much more. There are a ton of activities and they're right in our backyard. So check them out by driving a car over the border or see what they have to offer at saguenaylacsaintjean.ca. That link is going to be on the show notes page as well. So for any of you who aren't aware, I have been nomadic for the last year and I just spent the last nine months on an extended trip outside the U.S. traveling around the world. And in the last couple months, I got to spend a few weeks exploring the Balkans, which are the group of countries that make up Southeastern Europe. I was specifically in Kosovo, Macedonia, and Bulgaria. And then I flew back across the pond and got to spend 10 days in the Canadian province of Quebec. And both of these experiences were a result of my participation in two conferences with the Adventure Travel Trade Association. So both included heavy adventure travel, which is what I really love to do and which is also what I find to be thrillingly challenging (laughs) at times. Um, And one such challenge is that I was given not one, but two opportunities to try a Via Ferrata. Um, The first one in Kosovo and the second one in Quebec. 
A via ferrata is a series of steel cables and footholds that are generally made out of some sort of rebar or other strong metal that are drilled directly into the side of rocks, usually on a cliff face of some sort. Um, And they're found all over the world. They originated in the Dolomites of northern Italy, and uh, they date back to World War I, actually, when the the Italian troops first constructed them to aid in their own movement of soldiers and equipment during World War One, And that, that created kind of a safe route for them to be able to move stuff. And, and they, they got abandoned over the years, but then the residents started taking care of them and eventually turned them into tourist attractions. So we have some that are almost a century old now. And uh, others that have been, you know, they're being built today all over the place um, for 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 sport, essentially in tourism to basically give a taste to people who, well, even if they are climbers, but essentially it's it's to create protected climbing routes so that even people who aren't climbers or don't have any experience in it can get on a Via Ferrata and scale a cliff with a harness and attached to cables so that you're actually safe while you do it. So. As you can probably imagine, these things are not exactly fear of heights friendly. (laughs) So I had a decision to make. I could easily have just turned it down and done something else, or I knew I could also put my strength and bravery to the test, which is sort of something that I'm addicted to these days. Um, And even though the thought of doing it terrified me, and honestly, just sitting here now on solid ground with my microphone It still kind of makes knots in my stomach just thinking about it. But at the same time, I just felt a pull in my gut to just try it. Um, I mean, I've been doing all sorts of things that put me outside of my comfort zone these days. So I kind of figured, you know, this was no different. It would just give me another opportunity to overcome something, or at least that was sort of my hope. That's what I was hoping that it would do. And you will also hear that that's not exactly what happened, at least not right away. Um, So I'm going to guide you along kind of narrating and playing some pieces of audio here today from different points throughout this mini journey of mine of facing my fear of heights through adventure travel. So part of this is audio that was recorded on the spot in various places. And part of it is from an interview I did for the Travelers podcast with Nathaniel Boyle, who also participated in the second Via Ferrata. So his is the other voice that you're going to be hearing from the experience as well. And if you want more of the story, you can catch that episode on his show. So through this format, you're going to get a little glimpse into a day in the life of my adventure travels and what goes through my head with a fear of heights. And also I'm going to share what I think the biggest surprise was of the whole thing and what my takeaways were, which I think can be applied way beyond the experience of a Via Ferrata. So we're going to start by taking you to Kosovo. I'm in Kosovo in the mountains in a little outside of a little town called Peja. It's gorgeous. It's a blue, sunny day. Um, and I'm about to do my first Via Ferrata. We just got out of the car and looked up, and there is a massive, <laughs> a massive rock. We're in a canyon, there's a river. And they said, This is our route. <laughs> I just looked up, and it's like a sheer cliff. Um, <laughs> I'm feeling a little nervous, excited, hopefully in a good way, 
and I'm really glad the sun is shining because if the weather was bad, this would be that much worse. So here we go. Now, I wish I could have taken you on there with me, but I absolutely had zero capacity to even touch or think about getting out my phone during that via Ferrata. But I was with a videographer who actually pulled me aside for a little interview at the end. It was harder than I thought it was going to be. I don't know if you really want to interview me about this. I was really nervous going into it. <laughs> and um, I thought it was going to be exciting. And it was hard. I'm still thinking about it. I'm still processing what just happened, actually. Well, do you feel accomplished, at least? I do. I feel really proud of myself. I am. How can I not be? I think that was, like, one of the bravest things I've ever done. Like, I have a real phobia of so. What was the toughest part? There were like three of them, and <laughs> um, anything that was overhanging. the The ladder was definitely the ladders were definitely the hardest parts. And any time that it went backwards, that was the hardest part every time. <laughs> and not knowing, not having close handholds or like really intuitive places to put my hands and feet mm-hmm. was tough. Um, not freaking out was hard. It takes like a trip like this to kind of get you over your fears. Like you would never have done this on your own probably, right? No. And honestly, that's why I do things like this. It takes a lot of, it takes a lot of courage, not, and, and I guess um, confidence in yourself and your strength, but also having the right people around you, I think is key. That's how I've been able to face a lot of my fears. But this is the first thing I've done in a while that's been really tested my my fear of heights. And you know, it was it was the group that really helped me stay out of my head. I think because that's really important. So I wanted to play that for you guys because I wanted you to hear the kind of nervous laughter and the instability that was my voice uh, post that first, you know, via Ferrata. Um, I'm so glad that we got that recorded. I actually have Evan Swinehart from Luminati.co to thank for that one. But I think the most surprising thing that came out of that was that I wasn't all that stoked on the Via Ferrata. Um, And I actually wrote a story about it afterwards because it really scared me and it really kind of made me want to help other people who may be, you know, in the same situation as me with a fear of heights, considering whether they should do a Via Ferrata or not. I mean, I think that this could apply to a lot, you know, any, anything that would mean facing your fears. But I did write a piece on this and I'm going to link to it in the show notes page. It's on travelingjackie.com. But, um, I wanted to kind of share that, you know, it didn't necessarily work for me. Um, I didn't really overcome what I was, what I was hoping to overcome. I wanted to have fun. I wanted it to be exciting and I wanted to get to the top. Like, yeah, I just nailed it. You know, I did really well. And, and instead I was like, wow, that just wasn't what I, wasn't what I was hoping for. You know what it was? It was what I, it was what I expected. It was really tough. Um, and so it took me a while to actually come around and try and figure out if I wanted to do another one. But the question then was, you know, at what point do I experience a breakthrough? Would it happen on the second one? What if it didn't? Would it happen on the third one? Um, And so I still had that curiosity down in my gut. Like I I just wasn't sure if I would do another one or not. But within a month, I was faced with the opportunity all over again. And actually, what's interesting is I had the opportunity to do two different ones in Quebec. And I I wasn't that brave. I I only did one of them. But there there was a day that we had an option. 
And the option for me was a Via Ferrata or high ropes course. And so I decided to do the high ropes course thinking that it would be easier than the Via Ferrata. And oh my goodness, this was the extreme, I'm, I'm putting in air quotes here, extreme high ropes course. And I have seen that word used in marketing a lot of times, but never have I ever experienced something that fit the extreme label so much as this ropes course. Our very first element was climbing a really unstable ladder that changed bases three times on the way up 30 feet up in the air. And once we got up there, uh, we proceeded to do this ropes course, which it was just like an obstacle course up in the sky, in the canopy of the trees. I mean, there were things we had to climb across, things we had to crawl through. But the the crazy part of it was that nothing was stable. Like you could never get comfortable with it because they threw in, it was like booby trapped. They threw in things that swiveled or they actually weren't solid ground that you step, you know, they like trying to make you fall, um, just to keep you on your toes. It w- I mean, if you have any sort of sense of adventure and you're not, you know, scared of heights, you would love this ropes course. It's actually in, it's called cap, excuse me for my French, but it's called cap Jazu. It's C A P J A S E U X. And that's in, in, in Quebec. Um, and I highly recommend this ropes course. If you have any interest in doing it, go do that. I was really proud of myself because I actually made it all the way through that one. But honestly, more than more than one time I was up there thinking, why did I think that this was easier than the Via Ferrata? This is not easier. It was incredibly physically demanding, way more so than a Via Ferrata. Um, and you know, and we're still 30 feet up in the air, just clinging to things. And so that was actually really interesting and ended up being very strategic for me because it literally was, I think, two days before the Via Ferrata that I did opt to do. And so I feel like I had kind of a last minute booster training to kind of wet those muscles again, you know, and and get me used to being up in the up in the sky, which I, I don't know if I'll ever be used to that, but this was a really good step in the right direction to complete the Via Ferrata. And so I'm going to take you now to the second one. I am on my way to my second Via Ferrata in a month. After the first one, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do another one. And today I'm going to test that. <laughs> and I have no idea how this is going to go, but I don't think it'll be as hard as my first one, which is going to give me, hopefully, the courage to do this one. So, here we go. And now for the good part. Did it. Completely different experience. Woo! Did it. (laughs) Love it. Why was that different? You know, it actually wasn't as scary. It was a completely different course. And I have to remember that going forward because all Via Ferratas are going to be different, you know? Um, and present their own challenges. This one had a lot more footholds, um, ledges to walk on. We weren't, I don't even think we had one piece of rebar on this entire course. And the last time we were climbing up ladders of rebar. And so, and it was much more vertical. Last time there were overhangs. I felt a lot more exposed. And while we're looking down into a canyon above a river, which is very similar to the last one, the other one was much more narrow. It was much more dramatic. Um, so I'm really glad I did it. <laughs> I actually had fun. I got to enjoy the view. That's huge. So like, would you go back and would you do one of these again? Yes. 
Yes. I would. Maybe not. And that was a fast answer compared to last time. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe not as tough as the last one, but right. definitely. Like this. Yes. And someone did tell me on a scale of one to ten, he thought the last one was about a five. And I think I would probably put this one at about... I don't know, like a, like a, like a maybe two and a half. <laughs> it was just much easier. So I definitely need to be, you know, I can stick to the the easier, the less intense ones. But um, yeah, intermediate, not not so much advanced for me, but intermediate, I think I could handle. I mean, it's skills, right? You build up your skills, you get better. But I think this is a cool lesson because the idea is that you, like, for instance, a lot of people swear off skiing because they had a really bad experience. Maybe they found themselves on the wrong slope and it was too hard for them. And so they swear off ever getting back on skis. But maybe you maybe consider trying the thing that has already scared you again. Just find an easier way to reapproach it because what you learn about yourself. Well, let me ask you, what have you learned about yourself? Well, that's exactly the thing is um, I even said after the last one, I wasn't sure if I was going to do another one, but at the same time, I knew that I wouldn't know how another one would have an effect on me until I tried it. Mm. And so I decided to do this knowing that it. I, I, they had said that it wasn't going to be so hard, so scary. And so that obviously helped my decision. But I just wanted to know how I would react. And this was exactly the experience I was hoping for. Um, and so for me, that was a mosquito. Mosquitoes everywhere. There, yeah. Everywhere. Um, for me, that was a complete success. Confidence booster. Um, I felt really good. And I think once I got over that initial like fear hump in my head, um, I just kind of set it aside. And I was able to just say, you know, what? I got this. Like, this is a beautiful view. I think that that's normal for a Via Parada. <laughs> I think that that's what normal people feel. <laughs> Alongside a mountain. Yeah. Yeah, this is gorgeous. I mean, we can see a snaking river. There's a mirror lake right there. And there's mountains that are just completely covered in one massive green pine forest. And there's sun shining and a blue sky and the birds are singing. And it's a beautiful day and I can actually enjoy this. Okay, so now we're back in the studio, and I want to ask you, Jackie, what were you hoping to find out for yourself? So I'm a big believer in travel as a mirror, this idea of reflection of, of the world. So, you know, when you uh, encounter a mountain before you, so too do you encounter a mountain within. When you climb a Via Ferrata out there, so too do you climb a Via Ferrata within. Um, what were you hoping to, like, what, what were you hoping to find out about yourself by climbing this? What kind of breakthrough were you really aspiring to discover? You know, I think that a lot of people are going to be able to relate to this, but I had, I felt a little defeated from the first one mm. and I'm competitive by nature. Um, especially with myself, I'm always pushing myself to do better. And, uh, I didn't like that this Via Ferrata had gotten me down. I wasn't, it's, I don't think this, this wasn't, this didn't, this doesn't come from a place of pride. It comes from a place of, I really wanted to conquer that, um, for my own courage, for my own confidence you know, and I've been doing so well with facing my fears lately. I wanted to, I wanted to say, okay, I, I can actually enjoy a Fiat Ferrata. I wanted to enjoy it. And so that's what I was hoping to do was kind of, um, not, not be so defeated by it. Is it competitiveness or is it the feeling that you get from acknowledging your courageousness? Because there was a moment in the audio at the very beginning of this in which you sounded proud, even though you'd just been through this traumatic experience. There was like you said, I think that was one of the bravest things I've ever done. Mm -hmm. And to be able to say that about yourself, even though you don't want to repeat it, um, is there something about that or is it or are you just or is it mm -hmm. as simple as just trying to get better? 
Actually, I don't, I don't think it has to do with that. Cause I, no matter what, when I look back at that first Via Ferrata, I was, you know, hard for me. And I, uh, I totally believe that my courage is, is what got me through that. I mean, I don't, I don't think that that actually has to do with it. I think it was really just the, the excitement that I was missing. I wanted to enjoy it. Everyone else was laughing and chatting and enjoying the view. And I wasn't, and I wanted to change that part of it. I still did it. So that's a sense of pride and accomplishment right there. And I could go for that again, but I wanted to actually enjoy it. I didn't want to suffer through it. That's what I wanted to change. And you did. I did. How did that feel? That felt amazing. Okay. So first of all, it has to be said that this Via Ferrata really was easier than the first one. I mean, so- I can say, I can say this about my experience on there is that I felt this, that was my first Via Ferrata. Your second one, which was the easier one for you was my first. And I felt physically unchallenged by it. I mean, I thought it was, um, mentally there's one thing, right? The, the idea of being on the side of a cliff, but for the most part, the exposure wasn't as intense as you had described it to be in Kosovo. Um, it was a much more approachable one. And I think that was maybe the biggest point to be taken from this is that they're not all built the same, right? Well, yeah. Um, and you know, it wasn't the physical aspect in Kosovo either that got me though. Remember that. I mean, yeah, you have to be fit to do a Via Ferrata because you, you're climbing and stretching and reaching and you know, putting your feet in strange places and having to pull yourself up mm. step after step after step. Um, but I, I felt confident in that. What you just said about the mental piece, though, that's that's what mattered. I didn't get into that at all on the second Via Ferrata. That's like where I was dwelling on the first one was in my mental space because it was affecting so because because of what was around me was affecting so much of where I was. Just so mentally. you really you really learned your limit. Uh, yeah, it's a five on the Via Ferrata scale. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, though. I mean, it's true, though. I mean, this is kind of the point is that there is a limitation for your mm-hmm. um, uh, fear of heights and how far you can push that mm-hmm. before it becomes a less of a challenge and more of a trauma. Yeah. All right. So we've got kind of a kicker here. What you just heard was a discussion about a breakthrough that I had after having completed successfully and joyfully a second Via Ferrata. But what I did not know was ahead of me at that time were two more challenges. One, a suspension bridge and the other, a cliff rappel, both of which were over 200 feet high. So we just completed a 230 foot rappel. It's the longest one in Canada. The only one, the longest one that's open to the public. Yeah, that's right. Um, right after walking across a suspension bridge that was 60 meters high, which yeah. is only 10 meters less than 230 feet. <laughs> you do the math. 30 feet less. So 200 feet off the ground. Oh my gosh. Um, it was, this was easily the most frightening part of the entire Via Frada or at least mountain experience that we just had because it was, I mean, even though we were clipped in and the risk of falling was virtually zero, the... Heights were and, scariest and, easily at this point. Yeah, and the exposure. The exposure is definitely the word. Um, and that was surprising because I thought my challenge today was going to be the Via Ferrata. <laughs> and 
made it through that awesome and then hit the bridge, which was, it was also 30 meters long. So what's that in feet? 30 meters. Feet? Yeah. So about 90 feet long. It took a couple of minutes to cross. Oof. Um, the rappel, I think, is what really got me, though. Mm. And I think the only thing that got me over, I actually had to get off the line once, which was really defeating to my confidence. Um, I was going to go, and then I had to let other people go. But I think what really helped me get through was to actually get get back on the solid ground and simulate what I would be doing on the rappel on the regular cable, like on solid ground, instead of having to try it for the first time 900 feet in the air. Right, because they just send you over. So right. like when I went over, just maybe a couple of people before you, uh, I was just all of a sudden going, holding myself on the rope and feeling it as I went. So sort of learned by doing without any theory, without any real lesson <laughs> ahead of going down 230 foot drop. But you got the hang yeah. of it, maybe the touch for it before going over the edge. Yeah. And I tried doing what you did and I could, I couldn't do it. I Crazy. like, I, this is where I get stuck. I start to doubt and like I get tears in my eyes, like yeah. tears of fear. And I just, I can't, I can't do it. And I'm just looking for a way out. And then, um, luckily one of the guys helped me kind of do a play by play. And he sat with me and he said, this is what it's going to feel like. And this is how it works with your legs and creating like a tripod on the rock. And, and then I got on and I got over the first part, which is always the hardest, mm -hmm. no matter what. Yeah. It's always the, 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 the beginning is always the hardest of any of these obstacles that I face. It's always that first step. And then, um, I mean, it took a while to get down and my hands were cramped in a death, death grip by the time I got down, but I made it. It was good. It was great. Yeah. I have pictures to prove it. Yeah, I know. Photographer went down right beside you the whole time. It's awesome. So hopefully you'll be able to check those out. Nice. Did it. Via Ferrata's done. Woo. High five. Awesome work. All right, bear with me. We're going back into the studio. Here's Nathaniel. You did. You got up on top of that mountain, and you felt really great about what you had achieved. And then what followed was we walked across the top of the mountain, down a little ways, and then we ran into a bridge. What was it like then to feel this sense of like accomplishment, having just done that, only to then run back into your fear? You know, it was interesting because... The whole time I was so concerned with the Via Ferrata, I didn't even think about the bridge. And so coming up on the bridge and seeing the slats of wood that were a foot apart each, I mean, how far apart were those? They were, it wasn't something that was like, oh, you could close your eyes and walk across. No, no you had to actually like, look down, yeah. pay attention to your footing, yep. which was not awesome for me. <laughs> Um, and again, you're clipped in, but it was 90 feet across. It took over a minute to walk across. I don't know how, I mean, I kind of, I kind of started booking it at one point. I was like, I need to just get off this thing. It was never, it was never comfortable for me. The bridge wasn't, mm -hmm. no, especially cause it's a suspension bridge. It's like swinging. I wasn't that on was, it uh, by myself. That's not good. <laughs> no, that was the time. And that's exactly what I was about to say is that throughout the whole Via Ferrata, I mean, you were even telling me like, hey, put your foot over here and, you know, pull yourself up over here. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's totally the route, you know. And, uh, and for somebody that was going into this being like, I think this is going to scare me, like be prepared to see me pretty freaked out. You were pretty confident on there, mm -hmm. even like shining a flashlight ahead for other people. But then we got to that bridge 
And at that point, and then the rappel, I think at that point, it was really about the voices of, of support that were around you at that time. Mm -hmm. I mean, at that point it was like you had, you sort of locked down and we really had to sort of talk you through each individual step across that bridge. Mm -hmm. I was looking for the escape route. Actually, I went down by myself. I was able to do it. So it was Mm -hmm. good. Yeah, but you don't sound quite as, like even right now as you're recounting this, the tenor of your voice has receded a bit. Like it's almost as if you're back, Mm. (laughs) you're back faced with that, that fear, that trauma, that trouble, that sense of like, there's not much to be learned here. There's just like Mm. a dark place that I don't really want to go back to. No, that's not true. Okay, Okay. I'll fix that. Great. Um, The problem really was on the rappel and you can imagine this at the very top you have to somehow get into it (laughs) and that was the entire problem with the rappel for me was the first the first step and I think that this can also be applied to a lot of things in life is sometimes getting into it is the hardest step getting started is the hardest part and then once you're in you can learn what it feels like. You can learn to be comfortable um, and you can gain some momentum to get yourself through it. And luckily on a rappel, you don't have to look down. <laughs> and so just getting into it where I had to get over literally the hump of the, the logs that we had to stand on and sit back into my gear, which was not what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. um, you know, practicing that up top first on solid ground really helped me. And then I, I, I you know, I thought, okay, I've, I, now I know what it feels like. I just have to replicate this on the actual line. And that's what I did. And that's what got me over, over the first step that, that kind of dropped me into the rappel. And then I was able to make my way down. It's scary. It was really scary. I mean, even, uh, I was, I was pretty intimidated going down. You're holding yourself and you're controlling your speed. And even though you could be, you could be essentially stopped by the guide at the bottom, um, through a series of ropes, uh, you, you don't, you don't want to have to freak out, slip and have the, that sensation of falling, especially not there. That was just a sheer cliff face. It was wet. That was another thing. Like your, your footing was, it was tough to get good footing. So that whole thing was, was pretty intimidating. But I, I really do think that in the process of building momentum in life against your fears, that first step is always the hardest part mm-hmm. because you lock yourself down in the resistance and you make a mountain out of, uh, out of the indoor. Basically what you're doing is you're focusing on the summit. Nobody just goes from the foothills to the summit in one, in one step at all. And so, yeah. uh, so I think that's really the key takeaway here. Okay. Is there, you know, is there anything else that you want to add to this conversation that we haven't really touched on just about fear or, um, maybe, a, uh, an approach or a tool or a piece of advice that you might have for somebody who's interested in not just doing a via ferrata and height scare them, but going rafting and water scares them or going mm-hmm. skiing and, you know, mm-hmm. speed scares them, <laughs> whatever it is, just approaching your fear. I feel like For me, uh, it's listening to this conversation. I realized that I don't get, I think the skiing metaphor is really great because I think what skiing did for me is it taught me to think on my feet and the better I got, the faster I could think. And to this day, I actually think I'm pretty great under pressure. Like I can react and respond and I can trust myself in those moments. So the way that I approach fear, the way that I approach a via ferrata 
is just to go forward one step at a time, one rung at a time, one clip at a time, one, you know, grip up a mountain at a time. And eventually I hit a summit. And I think that that is really the the metaphor to pull out from all of this that I've learned. Um, but that's how I do it because I have mm-hmm. a particular confidence in myself and I don't have the fear that you do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that you said that actually because I think that that really matters. Um, mm-hmm. I think it does too. We need to be confident in our own decisions when we're the ones involved, and if that means stepping out of the raft, getting out of the river, and not mm-hmm. not hitting those those four plus rapids that they promised you were going to be threes, <laughs> then more power to you. You know, I mean, your safety is not guaranteed. That's the thing. So if it, if it's, if it's going to be, if, if you imagine, you know, if you can sense, I think this is a gut thing, but if you can sense that it's not going to be worth it to you, you know, don't, don't be ashamed to, to, to not do that. Um, when we, you just said, you know, when it comes to rafting rivers and all this, and I'm just nervous just sitting here thinking about going whitewater rafting again, because I don't ever want to go whitewater rafting again after the last time I got flipped in my last raft. That was one time too many for me. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, but I've learned, I did it and I learned. That's the other thing though, is I did do it and I learned from it. And so, and I mean, I've whitewater rafted several times. Um, I don't know if any of them have been particularly enjoy and enjoy, 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 enjoyable, enjoyable for me. (laughs) Um, but that's on my own personal level. That's where I, I fall onto the, um, spectrum. You know, I, I only, I know what I'm going to feel when I'm out there. And if my gut says, I want to try this, I'm going to listen to that. Um, and if my gut says, okay, I'm done with this, then I'm going to listen to that too, because it's up to me. You know, I don't have to prove anything to anyone. I'm, I'm, I'm growing with my own courage and confidence, um, and, and assessment skills and abilities as I go. And you know, that those can always change. I mean, I might not run out to do another whitewater trip right now, but maybe in a year I'll feel better about trying it again. Um, so I wouldn't put a permanent cap on any of that either. I mean, because we, we change and we grow as we, as we live and experience. So, um, you know, I think always, always open to the possibility, but listening to ourselves is really, I think, um, I think it's the answer to any of these things, you know, just you, you know, whether you want to do it or not. So there you go. Trust yourself, Mm -hmm. listen to your intuition Mm -hmm. and be proud of however much you're able to accomplish. Because I think, The key here is that no matter who you are, the approach alone, when we're talking about a fear, like a very strong fear, is a powerful step. And it's Mm -hmm. all about incremental steps. It's all about incremental progress. It's all about Mm -hmm. breaking it down into what's before you and achieving that so that you just grow. And you know what? You can't fail either. You can't. There's, if, if you're pushing yourself at all, that's progress. Even if, if, even if you get to the start line and make the decision, it's still progress. Love it. Okay. That's it for the recordings. And without trying to sound too cliche here, I want to just recap and point out what I think were my biggest takeaways from this whole experience. And I really think that these can apply to many things 
in life. One, any step towards facing a fear is a success, no matter how small. Two, trust your gut. The decision to face your fear is solely yours. Three, getting started, getting over that first step is the hardest part. And finally, who you surround yourself with absolutely matters. And I would challenge you guys, because this is how I love to do it, um, to use travel, use adventure travel, use these kind of activities to test these grounds for yourself. So again, you can catch another version of this interview on the Travelers podcast. And the notes from this episode will be on the show notes page at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash 72. And once again, thanks to our sponsor, Saguenay Lac St. Jean, the very region that challenged me to the high ropes course and has one of the most beautiful Via Ferradas in North America on the Saguenay Fjord in the National Park. It's an incredibly beautiful area, reachable by car from the U.S., accommodating to families, and they have activities for every kind of traveler. So be sure to check them out at saguenaylacstjean.ca to find out more. And since this was a bit of a different style of episode, I really would like to know what you thought of it. And if you'd like to hear more about my specific triumphs and trials as I travel around the world. So let me know. You can always email me or reach out to me via the contact page on my website or, you know, hit me up on Instagram. Traveling Jackie is my handle there. All right. That's it for today. Thanks for listening, you guys. I will catch you next time. Continue for the next step is the bridge over the valley. The bridge of death. 200 meters. Deep drop. <laughs> Spectacular. <laughs> I love how you start. Amazing. Did you build the bridge? Yes. Yeah. With the. Um, how many people with, helped with, you? With. Um, that's amazing. Oh, an arrow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? To put the rope, a small cordelette, yeah. and wow. from the little cordelette, you pull back a rope and then pull back the cable. Yeah. Oh, for real? Yeah. Wow. Oh. <laughs> I know. I was joking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.